Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and attorney Althea DeVar Johnson. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. All right. How are you feeling, Althea? I'm feeling great. How about yourself? Well, I feel fine. I feel fine. Today's show is all about the listeners, all about the listeners. We're taking callers all for the whole hour out there. So look, this is a live show. We don't know what you're going to ask us. We, <laughs> this but we're going to try to be prepared. Yeah, we're going to try to be prepared. Let me just say that our past shows um, have been about, of course, uh, improving your money mindset, it has been about creating a legacy for your family, estate planning, uh, you know, all types of financial planning. We've had wonderful guests here. Yes, yes. We've had, you know, Mr. Rob Wilson. Uh, we've had Mr. Greg Palmer. We've had a slew of wonderful, wonderful guests. We've had business people on talking about their, you know, how they got in business and some challenges that they've had in business. So, we are taking calls throughout the whole entire show. Uh, so I wanted to recap for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there. So if you're planning on calling, uh, please call in now. The phone number is 1-888-463-6748. The number is 888-GO-FOR-IT. 1-888-463-6748. You can talk to... Myself, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, or you can direct your question uh, to our legal expert, attorney Althea DeBar Johnson. Uh, but just make sure that your questions uh, stay in, in the content of our mission. Of course, you know that we are here to help you develop your money mindset. We are here to uh, help you create that legacy uh, for your family. So those are the types of calls um, that we are going to be taking today. This is uh, uh, tips or, and tricks to <laughs> So we are giving out tips uh-huh. and disclosing some of the tricks that yes. you may be involved in on this Tuesday. All right, all right, all right. So tips and tricks Tuesday. Althea, one of the things I wanted to do too was um, to let our callers know that we have gotten through uh, our our inaugural 13, 14 weeks of this yes. show, and we have had a phenomenal, phenomenal um, response uh, from our listeners. And so we are so very, very happy uh, about your response. We want you to keep going. And I do want to give them a little hint, Althea. Althea and I, uh, because one of our colleagues made a suggestion, Althea and I are going to be taking this show on the road. Absolutely. We're going to take it on we're the road. We're going to be so live. Gonna, we are live, Althea. We're going to be oh. live and in person. Oh, me live and in person. Okay. <laughs> not, not in our, our makeshift studio. Right, right. right. That, that means we're going to have to dress up, Althea, because people don't, you know, I can. Well, you I, always come nice. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. No, no, I may need some improvement. No, no, you're fine. You're fine, Althea. We have a caller on the line. Uh, Susan, Susan, uh, are you there? Yes. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm doing very good. Good. What's your question? 
I wanted uh, to know about the meaning of changing our money mindset. You've talked about it a lot, and I can't quite understand what you're talking about. And I want to know uh, what is this and why is it important? Okay, well, thank you, Susan. That's a wonderful question. Susan, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Thank All you. All right. Wonderful. Well, well, understand something, uh, Susan. Your money mindset, when you look at all the things that we've talked about in the past, Althea, whether it be planning, uh, whether it be budgeting, whether it be making, uh, whether it's making choices about what you do with your money and setting goals and things like that, it, it all starts in your mind. Yes. It all starts in your mind, how you think about money, how you discipline your self with money. So your money mindset is, you know, I have, and what we're trying to do is help you change that mindset. So if you continue to do what you've always done and it doesn't get you anywhere, right? Right. Uh, you're going to wind up in the same place. They say if you continue to do the same thing, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity, right? We don't want you to be insane. <laughs> we want you to be mindful about what you do with, with your, your money. money. Okay. And we want you also to be mindful that there are different methods and and things that we can do on a continual basis. It's not anything that you can do just today and, and that's it. Because life change, um, things change for us. So we have to be um, mindful of the fact that it's not just about that terrible word that I like to use, budget. <laughs> oh, the B word. Oh, yeah, the B word. <laughs> uh, but it's also about planning for that that legacy. And you can start in small steps, and it won't be very painful. But you need to have that conversation. You need to have a, a, a plan in place. And then you need to really implement it. So that's about uh, estate planning, life planning, and, and finances go hand in hand. Okay, okay. And it's so important. Um, we uh, we have um, we have talked and talked and talked before about this mindset. We've had guests coming on about the mindset. We know that the start of good habits, the start of good habits, is what has uh, what has helped people make a leap from poverty to prosperity. We know that all of that has been a mindset because when you set your mind to something, it seems like the obstacles that might be ahead of you seem to sort of fall down. And we even talked about the spiritual uh, side of finances. And yes. the one thing that came to mind from the scripture is as a man think if so is he. Right. So if you, if we can get our listeners out there to change their mind about uh, the way that they're doing things, the way that they're handling their finances, the way that they they uh, look at insurance and other types of tools that help you leave a legacy. Then uh, you know we feel we have we have fulfilled our mission. And I would also encourage you, Susan, that you you seek the professional help right. uh, 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 of individual that you trust and 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 comfortable with in getting to the goals that you are planning. I as an attorney, I have to have a professionals help me with my client. I have to have a financial advisor. I have to have somebody who is uh, skilled and understand the insurance industry. I have to have an accountant or a tax person 
to help my client get to the goals that they are trying to achieve. So, yes, uh, it's, it's about changing your mindset, but it's also about seeking the professional help right. that you need. That's right. When you seek professional help, they will help you understand some of the concepts and some of the ideas that you need uh, to embrace in order to be able to change your money mindset. We hope you we've answered your questions, Susan, and thank you for calling. We're taking calls at one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And for those of you all uh, who uh, like to uh, have letters instead of numbers, that's eight eight eight. Go for it. 888 go for it. All right. So, so Althea, um, one of the things that I know we talked about all the time when we talked about, since Susan brought up the money mindset set uh, concept was, you know, are you a spender? Are you a saver or are you an investor? Okay, and so there's this these statistics that these wonderful statistics that we always get from our wonderful intern. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of the statistics says that among the African-Americans surveyed in this particular report who feel very well prepared to make wise financial decisions, 59 percent considered themselves a saver. 29% call themselves a spender, but only 11% view themselves as an investor. And so, okay, so what is the difference, I think, between a saver or an investor? Uh, You can actually save money by putting money under your mattress. That's saving it. Yeah, that's what my grandma used to do. Yes, (laughs) you Uh can save your money for a rainy day. Or under you can your save money by getting discounts when you purchase something. Oh, absolutely. So that's one way of saving. Right. So you're not spending full price. So you're saving because you buy things on sale or you get a discount. Investing is actually making your money work for you. Right. Okay. Investing is a different mindset. Investing says, I make decisions about where I put my money based on where I'm going to get the biggest bang for my buck. Where will my money actually work for me? So a lot of times when, uh, even in my classroom, when we talk about entrepreneurship, I meet a lot of students who want to start their own business. They want to, um, you know, be entrepreneurs. And I always ask them the question, have you looked at your business as an investment? Have you looked at your business as an investment? Because that's what business is. If you have $10,000 uh, to invest, then if you can get 15 or 12, 15% in the stock market and you can't justify getting 12 to 15% out of your own business venture, then you need to take that money, put it in the stock market, stay in bed, let someone else do the work. Absolutely. Make sense? So we have a caller. We do. Uh, Mark. Mark, are you there? Yes, I sure am. Hi, Mark. How are you? I am doing super, and I had a question. I've uh, considered starting a business, and we've got a couple of guys that uh, are thinking about going into business with me. It's a a cleaning business. Two of us will actually be active in the business, and we've got uh, another partner that uh, actually he's he's got the money. So we're trying to figure, do we need some type of like a, a a business agreement or something for the two that are working in the business and maybe for the one that's just supplying some money 
How, how should we set up our business? Well, um, Mark, you talked about having, um, you talked about going into business with a partner. Yeah. Are you considering the, the form of business to be a partnership or are you considering the form of business to be some sort of corporate corporation or LLC? Have you determined that? Well, we've, we've, we've kind of talked about uh, different structures. We were uh, unsure of which one. We thought maybe a corporation or maybe an LLC would work, uh, but we really don't really know because we've never gone into business before. Okay. Well, one of the things we did have a show about this, so I appreciate this, your, your call. And I appreciate this question. If you go into business, let's just assume you go into business with more than, you know, it's you and another person and you do not form a corporation or LLC. By law, you uh, have defaulted to a partnership. Yes. You are a partnership. Let me explain. A partnership is just like a marriage. You are liable for any type of, um, you're liable for any type of, uh, uh, decisions or anything that your partner makes. Right. So if your partner does something, you are liable. You are inseparably liable, uh, in a partnership. The other thing is partnership, there is no asset protection. Your personal assets are not protected. Yes. If for some reason you're sued, um, you know, the whoever is 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 successful in that lawsuit can look to your personal assets um, for relief. If you now, if you go into business with someone else in a corporation or LLC, you have that legal protection. Um, you're, you know, you're not necessarily fully liable for the acts of your partner. If you set up correctly. If you set up correctly. If you set up that LLC or set up that uh, corporation uh, correctly. But we recommend, and I always recommend, that any time you go into business with someone else, you have what you agree to written out. You want to have that written out. I know most partnerships have partnership agreements, but you need to have that written out because things change. You know, uh, business, you know, you had a concept in the beginning. Some things change. You want to make sure that each person knows their responsibilities, almost like a prenup, right? It's almost like a prenup. <laughs> and, I, and I would just really suggest that you you and your partners, you you. you um, consult with an attorney or a tax professional to find out what will fit you. I think that's what you need to do so that that the advisor, the person that you have, can talk to you about the whole dynamics and not just bits and pieces of it. Absolutely. And it the entity will fit you and what y'all trying to accomplish. That's absolutely right. Seek professional advice. Thank you for calling, Mark. We have to take a break. Mm -hmm. So, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Don't forget to call in. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com.
BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. All right. All right. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Althea had just given some very good information to a caller that we had about uh, starting a business and what type of um, things he should consider if he's taken on a partner. Uh, and so those things are, are extremely important. The type of entity that you set up is extremely important, whether you do a corporation, LLC, LLP, or if you don't set up anything and you go into business, the law says you are automatically a partnership if you are doing business with more than one person. Um, and so you default to that partnership and that partnership uh, there is no protection in that partnership from personal legal liability. Right. And so you need to consider that. But again, you need to seek professional help and sit down and explain all of the different ins and outs and things that you're thinking about. The type of business even makes a difference. Uh, sure. the, the type of business, the, what you, uh, is a partner going to be a silent partner or working in the business? Are they just going to invest in the business? All those types of things need to, um, um, be considered. We have another caller. Uh, we have um, Jim from Orlando. Are you on the line? Yes, I am. Dr. Flo, glad to hear your voice, and I think you and uh, Attorney Johnson are doing a beautiful job. Well, thank, thank you, Jim. You're calling from Orlando. Thank you for calling. Yes. And uh, Yes, what's your question? question? My question is, getting started saving and investing because it seems like any institution or any place you want to place your money now, they don't, you're lucky if you can get 1%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't want to keep it under the mattress. Right. And in the good old days, I remember that used to be things like CDs, mutual funds and everything. And you uh, didn't have to have any knowledge of the stock market. So I was just wondering if you or Attorney Johnson could give me any hints as to what you think would be uh, a good investment or where should I put my money? Okay. Well, thanks, Jim, for calling. Uh, I can let me let me give you some general tips because I really can't recommend any particular product uh, on our show. But I can tell you that the best thing to do is to we've had some really good investment advisors on our show, and we're going to be talking about a little bit uh, in fer- in future shows, we will be talking about investing, like individual investing uh, in stocks and different things like that. 
But let let me just tell you a little bit about what I learned about about uh, investing in the stock market. You really have to do your homework uh, on investing in the stock market. I know that there are a lot of people that watch different shows on TV and take different advice from people. But what I've learned about that advice is you also have to pay attention to who their sponsors are. Because yes. when you're when you're taking investment advice from someone on TV, they have a sponsor. OK. And so they're you know, they have a motive. They have, you know, some incentive to to talk about, you know, different and promote that and promote that, that investment. Right. Uh, but but there are a couple of shows that I found that are on public broadcasting that are pretty good. And they because they don't have the sponsors, they tend to just give the quick and dirty about what's happening in the stock market. And there's some other books, I think, that you might want to read uh, just to help you get. Uh, started in the stock market, um, and and here and here's the here's the here's the the real thing. Uh, you have to do your homework uh, because uh, just because uh, uh, a stock is offered on the market, uh, and just because it's it's passed all the SEC requirements, doesn't mean that it's a good investment. Okay. True. I can tell you the best investment out there in the whole wide world, you're never going to get this kind of return in the stock market or anywhere, is if you are working and you invest in your 401k and your employer does a match. Okay. Usually the matches are more than 12, 15, 20%. You're not going to get more than that usually in the stock market. And it's guaranteed. So it's not like it's going to, the match is not, you know, you may get the match, you may not get the match. No, when your employer says, if you invest so much in your 401k, we will match it up to a certain dollar amount. That is a guaranteed return on your investment. It doesn't get any better than that. So the first thing I always tell my clients is to, if you are investing in a 401k or 413b, if you're in a nonprofit, if you invest in your employer's uh, 401k plan, if they have a match, only now I'm only saying this if they have a match. If they have a match program, you will never get that kind of return on investment anyplace else. That match is the best thing. So you want to max out your 401k up to the amount that they will match, and then you can go looking for other investments in other markets. Okay. And so I hope that that helped you, Jim. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. All right. We have Carol on the line. Uh, Carol, are you there? Hey. Yeah. This, hey, uh, attorney and Miss Loran. Yes. I, uh, I am um, I'm calling because my mom has done a will, and she's not sharing it with anybody. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> and, 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 I, and it's not like I, I want to know, but the thing is, I don't know yeah. if she's done it right. And I at least want to point her in the right direction um, to get this thing set up right. If it's not right, she 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 doesn't. I mean, she's not thinking she's about to die or anything. But just just any advice from you all on how to address this with her and my family with this will thing. Okay. Well, Carol, that's uh, thank you for calling. Um, and she really doesn't have to share anything that's on in her will with you or anyone else. Um, I do encourage my my clients to at least have a conversation, at least um, talk about what their um, 
exit strategy is um, and how they want things to be uh, carried out after they, they pass away, just to have that general conversation. But if you're concerned that maybe your mom may have done her will herself, which I see a lot of times and that that poses a problem in and of itself, um, you may want to just talk to your mom and say, Mom, uh, it's, it's fine that you have a will in place, but I think that things have changed. We may need to update, date, or you may need to update your will. Um, can we go to uh, someone that you might be comfortable talking to to see if that, that your document needs to be updated? Um, because the law changes mm-hmm. all the time, yes. and we all need to have our documentation uh, updated. Mm-hmm. So you might want to have that type of conversation with her. Um, you're not trying to get in her business. You still don't have to see what she has in a will, but because the law ch- is ever changing, she may need to speak to uh, a professional about um, maybe updating her documents and, and and talk about her present situation versus what happened when she initially uh, executed her will. So I hope that's helpful. Is that, yes, that is. I, I will try to tell her that. But does she need to? Does a will need to be filed anywhere, or can it can it be just in her safe deposit box? I mean, how how do we do that? She, she it can be in her safe deposit box. But with my clients, I always insist, and I have them to file their original will in the probate court where they reside. So for safekeeping. So I always have my clients file their original will in the probate court for safekeeping. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank but you. um, you feel free to call my office, and we can talk further. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank All you, right. Carol. I appreciate awesome, you. Awesome. Awesome. And since we're on that, uh, don't stop yet, um, Attorney uh, Johnson, because we have Amanda on the phone, and Amanda wants to, uh, I think she has a question for you, too. Amanda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. What's your question? Um, I just had a general idea. I have a an idea of what a living will is, but I'd like to get a a more finite definition of what a living will is and how we should go about that as far as how often should you update it and um, just just some suggestions as far as that. Okay, so... um a lot of times my client gets a living, the, the, what's a living will confused with a will. Uh, a will does not come into effect until after a person passes away. In a living will, what you're doing is making some in-a-life decisions. It's just like the Terry Shivel case coming out of Florida where the young lady uh, was uh in a vegetative state, she couldn't make any kind of decisions as to whether or not she wanted to be off life support or wanted to remain on life support. If she had done a living will, then all those issues could have been cleared up. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been the husband saying that she wanted to go peacefully, uh, take her off the life support, and then the parents on the other end saying that, well, no, Terry wanted to live. If Terry had a living will, making that decision as to what she wanted to see happen in the in the event that she become vegetated, 
then she would have made a decision. She would, the control would have been in on her, on with her, but she never okay. made a living will. So that's the difference. Okay. Well, that would okay. make sense just because my mother has chronic, um, she's had chronic uh, health issues for the last mm, almost 20 years. So I understood mm-hmm. that a living will, so the main difference being that it would take care of things while you were technically still alive but may not be able to communicate or make decisions on your own. Or in case you are, you had that, yes, yes, yes. You had that in the, in the stage type of situation. But mm-hmm. what's, what you might need now is a health care director or a doable um, power of attorney for health care, and that's diff- a different document. Okay. So that if she is incapacitated or someone needs to make some health care decisions for her, then she has that agent in place to do that. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, thank you very much. All right. Okay, great. Well, thank you for those calls, uh, Amanda and Carol. We're going to uh, take a short break, very short break. Just remember our phone number is 1-888-463-6748. Thank you. Busyfolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. Busyfolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. Busyfolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing busyfolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit busyfolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's busyfolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. And now back to Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson for more of Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are taking callers (laughs) all show long. Callers all show long. Um, The number is 888-463-6748. 888 go for it. So we have Alice on the phone. Alice, thank you for holding. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Alice. What's your question? Hi. My question is, after many years of my credit going up and down and not quite knowing where it is, how is one go about getting started to fix it? Mm. Well, I tell you what, uh, we have had a couple of people on the show talk about um 
credit and fixing credit. We're going to have some other shows uh, going back and forth about uh, my philosophy of credit and uh, a couple of our other guests' philosophy of credit kind of differ. But one of the things that I could tell you about getting your credit fixed, the first step you got to do is pull a credit report. You got to pull a credit report and see what's on there. And so I can tell you that, honest to goodness, the only thing that, that the credit repair agencies will do is they will have to write, if you, you can do this yourself or you can go to a credit repair agency, uh, but if you have the time to do it yourself, you can save yourself the, the money, right. you know, and just do it yourself. The only thing you can do is look at your credit report and actually make sure first that everything on there is accurate, okay? Yeah. Make sure that everything on there is accurate. If there's something on there that is not accurate, you need to challenge it. You need to write into uh, all, I think it's three or four credit bureaus right. and, and, and write them and tell them that this stuff needs to come off because it is not accurate. And you know what? Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Flo, they have made that process so much easier now. Okay. Because I had an issue uh, with a, a lien that didn't even belong to me. And I just uh, got on the telephone. They gave me the email information. I typed it. I sent it to them. And within a couple of days, it was okay. correct. Okay. So they're making it real mm. easy for you. Okay. Okay. And okay. so that's the first thing is to make sure that there are no errors on your credit report. And okay. then the next thing is once you get rid of the errors, you can actually uh, call some of your creditors and make arrangements. Let them know that you are interested in paying off some of the debts that are truly yours and make arrangements to pay off those debts and ask them to also uh, give you information about how those things are getting reported to the credit bureau. Ask them to to explain to you in detail how you paying these bills um, will positively affect your credit. Mm-hmm. Because just like they report the negative, they should report the positive right. things. that. Okay. And so really and truthfully, the only thing a, a fix-it, a credit repair agency is good for is for doing these things that you don't have time to do for yourself. But do not go to any credit repair agency that does things that are illegal, like giving you a new Social Security number or doing things like that. There are agencies out there that do things like that. You don't want to go anywhere like that because, uh, you know, the agency, you're not going to be able to blame the agency if you get in trouble. It'll all fall back on you. Okay? Okay. Great. And that's Thank the you. tip for today. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. All right. So we have Brandy on the line. Brandy, are you there? Hello, Brandy? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, go ahead. My question is, my father, my father, who lived alone, had a heart attack a few months ago. And during the months that he was recovering, it was extremely difficult for me and my sister to manage his affairs. Um, the doctors wouldn't share any of his medical information with us. We really were outside of the loop. And I was wondering, what can me and my sister do to assist him should we ever need um, to help him in a situation such as that? Okay. Well, Brandy, that's a good question. Uh, I see that occurring with a lot of families. Um, your father, you say your father lives alone? Yes, he lives alone. His mother, I mean, your mother, uh, uh, she's deceased or is she deceased? 
oh, okay, they're the divorce. Um, I think the thing that you need to do is have a conversation with your father about um, in case this situation happens and what kind of difficulties you and your sister have in trying to assist him when he could not speak for himself. Um, one of the documents um, that he would need to consider uh, executing is, again, a health care directive. Mm-hmm where someone is appointing his agent to speak on his behalf so that he can talk to the healthcare professionals, the doctors, the hospital, uh, if there's uh, rehab thereafter where you, he should be placed after re- and when he goes to rehab. But you, whoever that agent is, either you or your sister, um, it, it would appear, they would, have, they would be able to talk to the doctors, get the health care information that you need to assist him um, in the event that he cannot speak for himself. So the doctors will share uh, medical information, will ask you about how, you know, treatment should go, those kinds of pertinent, important information you would get uh, because you are that uh, your father's agent. Also, as far as the finances are concerned, a financial power of attorney is important mm-hmm. because someone would also need to uh, take on uh, handling his bills, handling his his business affair while he's incapacitated or cannot act on his on his own. So those two documents are very important, um, and they need to be. Um, executed properly, they need to be in a situation where uh, the provisions are provided for. So that's the first thing I want to do, have a conversation with your father and, you know, kind of impress upon him the fact that, you know, you wanted to care for him, but you would find difficulty doing that. All right. Any other, any other questions? I hope I answered your question. No, thank you very much, you did. All right, and if I can assist you in a way, you know, feel free to call my office. And if you uh, ever need to get in touch with anyone on this show, whether it be Althea or I or any of our guest uh, experts uh, that come on and talk about these different things, you can always go to our website. Our website is www.mindyourbizradio.com. That's mindyourbizradio.com. We have Roosevelt on the line. Roosevelt, are you there? I am here. How are you? Fine, Roosevelt. What are you, what's your question? I got a question. Okay. I, I just had an opportunity to buy a property. And this is like they were behind in taxes. And so it was, it was, these properties were sold on the front of the courthouse step. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to, like credit cards are maxed out. Uh, I did not want to per se get a loan because some of these properties were going, going under as low as $5,000. So and I mm-hmm. noticed on one of your um, questions when it comes to Dave Ramsey, like it was said that you don't have to have money to start a business. I want to start this property management company, buy a property that's kind of low, have to fix up or whatever the case. What other term, where, where can I get money? Like probably, and I don't want to do um, the, what is it? Go and take my car title. Oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> a trap. You don't want, you don't want a title loan. But you have. What other suggestions would you have other than borrowing from my family members? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Roosevelt? I know I, I promise you that right now 
Um, matter of fact, I was just reading an article that our that that my um, intern sent me, and it talked about how the it's so difficult now for small businesses to get money. Uh, and there was a young lady who was actually delivering her inventory from store to store out of her trunk, and she was just so determined uh, because it was very difficult to get a loan. We're gonna we're gonna have a show uh, later, probably at the beginning of the year, that talks about from the SBA standpoint. Um, you know, how do you get an SBA loan? And and it, because it has been dispro- SBA loans have been disproportionately given out to foreigners, <laughs> and we'll talk about that. But but here's the thing, Roosevelt. You laugh about getting money from family and friends, but a lot of small business people that's how they get started. Right. They raise money from family and friends. Your credit cards are maxed out. You said that, but you raise money from family and friends. You raise money uh, from taking out home equity loans from your prop from the existing property that you have. Okay. Most most uh, entrepreneurs who are in real estate business, they leverage the properties that they have. Right. And so what happens is. They have one property, they leverage that property, take out a home equity loan from that property to get into the next property, and then they sell one of those properties for a profit, and then they take that profit, and now that profit is the seed money to help them get involved in other real estate ventures. Okay, Beautiful. and of course they take that they take that profit and pay off that home equity loan, and now you don't have to take a loan anymore. Does that? I hope that helped you. Oh, that was great. I mean, I feel like I kind of knew that, but I didn't think about it at the time because this was my first, uh, I guess, tax lien property sale deal. Yes. I on front of the courthouse steps. So thank you so much, beautiful. I appreciate that. No problem, Roosevelt. Have a blessed day. Okay, we have Gloria on the line. Gloria, are you still with us? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hi, Gloria. How are you? Hi, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I have a question about my friend who's in a uh, rehab, and uh, she's not able to uh, take care of herself, so she has a daughter, and her daughter located the will, and the will uh, has uh, my friend's boyfriend as... Okay. So the daughter got real upset and she was crying because uh, the boyfriend is in a, in a uh, nursing home. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So, so your friend is in a nursing home and your boyfriend and, and her boyfriend. boyfriend is in a nursing home. Yeah, my friend is in a rehab and her boyfriend oh. is in a nursing home. And when the mm. daughter found the wheel, she called me and she said, Miss Johnson, mama got the boyfriend on that. As the beneficiary of her will, and Mama have a house and a few other things, a bank account, I think. And the daughter called me and wanted to know what to do. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I if 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 the mother has a will and she was competent at the time that she executed the will, unless she changed things. And is she and is she now competent to change her will? That's the other question. Since she's in rehab, uh, if she's competent and can change matters, if she wants to, right, then she can change her will to include her her daughter. But 
if at the time she executed her will and this is what she wanted was to have her boyfriend um, be the person who benefits from uh, any of her assets, uh, unless you prove some other things, um, right now that will probably is going to stand unless she shows that she was incompetent at the time she made the bit will. Uh, she was unduly influenced, which could be a factor. And there's some other other uh, other things that could to, could challenge the will. But I think that the daughter needs to have a conversation with her mom and mom. see if. Uh, have a conversation with her mother, okay. and which is your friend, and see if she might want to um, consider and doing something a little differently. Okay. If she's competent yeah, to change her, you know, to to execute a new will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or okay. she can also, I mean, the mother can also give some things away now. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. right. If you're in rehab or if you're in a nursing home and you don't have, you're not at home to to actually, you know, things that you're using usually at home, mm-hmm. you know, you can, my grandmother did that, my aunt did that. They gave away a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, prior, of course, prior, you know, to, 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 to passing. To passing. Mm-hmm. And that way there was no question about what they wanted you to have. Right. So those there's some options. Yeah, she could she could change the deed to the house, all that kind of stuff if she's still in her right mind and competent. The the attorney says competent, you know, I'm the CPA in her right mind. In her right mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think being able to see her and uh, uh, I think she's in her right mind that she really needs to change it because her her daughter is uh, really taking care of her and looking at all her affairs taking care of fans right now. Right, right. And, and again, uh, you can always get in contact with my office by going right. on the website um, to um, um, www.findyourbusinessbizradio. Www. Business. 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 <laughs> but yeah, have her, have her get in touch with attorney out there, DeBar Johnson, because um, you know, this is really uh, something that she might need to seek real mm-hmm. legal advice. And, and that's what happens a lot of times. We, um, you know, we, we have our friends call us, you know, because they're distressed or whatever. But we recommend that our callers, you know, really point them in the direction of good legal advice. Right. Exactly. Yes, I did. And I did tell her about that to get in touch with her attorney and talk about that. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so, so much, much, Gloria. Gloria. And thank you. All right. Well, it's time to take a break. Uh, We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more of callers. Call in, 888. Go for it. Go for it. BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? 
They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. Busyfolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing busyfolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit busyfolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's busyfolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click myowntaxreturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click myowntaxreturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on myowntaxreturn.com. That's myowntaxreturn.com. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florin Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Well, welcome back. Welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We have a few calls on the line, but I have to ask this out there. That last, that last caller talked about the, you know, the, the daughter called her in distress because the mother's in rehab and the daughter saw the will and the mother left all her assets to her boyfriend who is in a nursing home. Right. And, you know, they might have left their stuff to each other. So, I mean, that's the mother's decision who she leaves her stuff to, right? It's not doesn't automatically go to the daughter, right? It doesn't automatically go to the daughter. It's what the mother decided, I guess, at that particular time that she would leave everything to her boyfriend. And now things have changed. Life has 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 evolved. And they both are in different places. Okay, so they probably made those decisions prior, of course, to either one of them going into a facility. Uh, into a facility. Right. So things have changed. Again, there are options for that mother. She can uh, prepare a new will if she she is legally competent. Right. Or in a right mind. Right, right mind. <laughs> she can give some things away. So things can happen. I mean, okay. every yeah. time. I mean, with a life and state planning, life yes. change. Right. And like I say, you can get in touch with uh, Althea DeBar Johnson by going to our website, www.mindyourbizradio.com. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller, Ed. Are you still with us, Ed? Yes, I am. Hi, Ed. What's your question? I keep seeing these TV commercials about reverse mortgages. And can you kind of explain what that thing is? Okay. Uh, in the in the in the in the nutshell, Ed, what it is is a reverse mortgage. You get your equity out of your home now. So basically, you're taking the you're you're taking uh, equity out of your home. It's only for only for elderly people. I think you have to be over sixty five. You have to be over sixty. You have to be over sixty five. Uh, you can take all the equity out of your home, uh, but your home belongs to the mortgage company when you die. Okay. The only way that your heirs, and this is, I'm looking at Althea because she needs to help me when we talk about heirs and stuff. Um, when you, when you, um, when you die, 
and the and your house actually goes back to the mortgage company. Company, and then the heirs would have to buy yes. it back in order to have that property back into the estate. Yes. I'm not a big fan of reverse mortgage. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not a big fan of it. Because what I t- tend to see is that when elderly people do a reverse mortgage, uh, everybody else benefit other than the elderly person. Oh, okay, so, okay. So, uh, so was it a lot of fees? So who benefits the mortgage company attorneys? Who who are we talking about? Uh, relatives who uh-huh. need to get uh, bonding. Oh, so the, the older out. person actually does the reverse mortgage so that they can give money to relatives and things like that. Right. Ah, I see. Not for them to retire or live because the advertisement says do a reverse mortgage so you can live in your retirement. You can live comfortable and, in your and retirement. You, and you can. And that's okay. what the elderly person does, but they take the money and give and, it to somebody. someone mm-hmm. else. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Ed, I would say, now, one, one thing I do um, want to ask about that reverse mortgage, uh, attorney, do you do you think that um, uh, it could work for somebody who doesn't have heirs? If, you know, if they just say, well, I'm just going to take what little equity or some equity that I have on my house and I'm going to just let my house go to the mortgage company when I die. It's still, it's still not necessarily a good thing because there's so many other th- people that could benefit, not just the more, you don't want to just leave your home to a mortgage company. You know, when you think about it, because if you did a will, you could leave it to your church or, you know, some, somebody else. Right. So, yeah. 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 So that, I don't know that that's a good one. I think we have a couple of more callers before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Michelle, Michelle, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Michelle, you have a question? Yes, um, I wanted to know because especially in my business, I work with a lot of real estate uh, investors and things like that. And the biggest complaint I hear is that it's so hard to find a good uh, accountant or CPA. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see, like, what are some things that maybe maybe some good interviewing questions or some things that they could look for to help them find the right fit for them? Well, Michelle, that's a very good question. Um, and I think that kind of finding a good CPA is, is very similar to finding a good attorney. The first thing you need to do, I, I would suggest that you get references, get referrals, yes. um, you know, ask other business people who their CPA is. And then when you go and meet with that CPA, ask them questions. Have they ever done real estate before? Because, again, we might have to know something to pass the exams, but we aren't necessarily uh, familiar with all types of industry. So you might want a CPA that deals strictly in real estate or who specializes in real estate. Uh, if that's because you might have some complicated um, real estate transactions or things like that. And so you want a CPA that deals specifically in real estate. And so if your friend refers you to a, a CPA and your friend is not in real estate, when you sit down and talk to the talk to the uh, CPA, Make sure that they're in the real estate field. Uh, if they say they've done real estate before, ask them about specific transactions that you're wanting to do um, and see if they could ref- uh, also provide references for those real estate clients uh, that they've worked with. The other place, too, is in whatever state you live in, you can always go to the state society or either um, to the uh, because all of us are regulated 
uh, state by state. So right. we have to be licensed in the state that we practice. But a lot of us are also part of our state society. And so usually a state society might have a website with a list of CPAs and, and they'll ask us, you know, what we specialize in and right. so forth and so on. And so you can get information from the state society website. Okay, so I hope that answers your question. We uh, have we have to take a very quick question. I think Doreen is on the line, so we'll take a quick question from Doreen before we get out of here. Doreen, are you here? Hello. Hello. Oh, okay. So, all right. So we lost Doreen. I'm sorry. Um, Doreen, call in next week. Yeah, <laughs> Doreen, you can always call in. Well, we take callers every show, but um, we're a lot of times in our shows we have so much content that we're not able to take as many callers as we were today, and so we might only t- have one or two callers during a normal show, and that's why we did this show so that we can get all of our callers, everybody who listens, who had a burning question. Who wanted to call um, but but um, we appreciate all of our callers we appreciate you guys asking about the money mindset uh, you know we know that all of our callers you know we were and all, listeners. I'm sorry all of our listeners mm-hmm. um, you know have been faithful and we really appreciate it so we want to thank you thank you thank you thank you out there yeah. thank you for listening thank you for listening this is your business education station your business your, your family, family your your life. life. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.